You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into their octagon this weekend to complete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you hadn't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes through the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Rig Rats podcast, an Edmonton Oilers podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Everyone, hold on to your seats because the Edmonton Oilers are above 500 for the first time since the season started. It has been a lot of hard work and a lot of beating up on the Ottawa Senators, but we have finally done it. It's really a a lot because of the Ottawa Senators, so let's get right into it then. The Edmonton Oilers played this last week two more games versus the Ottawa Senators. That brings their count to four on the season. They won both of their games. I predicted last week a 4-3 win for the Monday game, and then they had a back-to-back on Tuesday, and I predicted a 3-1 win, and I was actually pretty close I gotta say um the 3-1 win in the second game was a lot closer and we actually won the first game in a score of 3-1 Mike Smith making his season debut after coming off of IR of what sounded like and what he said a was a freak injury um probably something that happened during the brief little training camp the Oilers had or right before that when he was training by himself probably some uh, muscle or or something like that. You know, s- something small that just makes it so uh, things are uncomfortable and hurt, and he wasn't able to get into the lineup, but he is ma- able to make his debut. Um, some other lineup notes in this one, Tyler Ennis draws back in after being on the taxi squad for a little bit, and the game starts out with a little bit of spice. I talked about last episode, and if you guys haven't noticed, uh, this is going to be another solo episode here. Uh, I talked a little bit last episode that uh, I was looking for a little bit more spark or fight from the Oilers. Uh, They lost that game to the Flames, and, you know, I was really looking for, like I said, some punch back or something like that, and right off the hop, I think it's because they listen to this show, obviously. Jujar Kara gets the festivities started off with a fight 
versus Austin Watson. Um, this one didn't last very long. It was a decent fight. There were some some big haymakers thrown back and forth, uh, but then eventually they both ended up going down. Uh, Watson ended up on top of Kara, but you know neither person got any great hits in on the other one. It was an even fight, and then ju just a. About a minute later, Zach Cassian and Eric Gabranson get into it, and this was definitely a heavyweight fight. There were some big hits and big punches thrown. Both of them were landed a few. Um, I think Gabranson really caught Cassian off guard with how ferocious his first few punches were. Um, they were knocked down to the ice for a little bit, then jumped back up, and then exchanged a couple more blows. They went to the box, and then Cassian went down the tunnel and didn't play for the rest of the game. He's now been uh, at least placed on on IR for the moment. That is interesting because it opens up a, a few more looks for some of our other Taxi Squad members that have been drawing in and out of the lineup to get a look. Hopefully, Tippett doesn't take this as an excuse to just play Alex Chase on all the time, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we'll see a lot more of like Ennis and Devin Shore, um, but it, overall, it was really awesome to see those fights from the two of them, and uh, those are the two first fighting majors for the Oilers this season. The Oilers picking up right where they left off versus the Senators in last week's two games versus them. Um, you know, they were dominant. They weren't letting the Senators get any time in the offensive zone, and the only difference this time between between the last time they played the Senators and this one is Matt Murray was actually making saves this time. He had a much, much stronger game. Um, he was really turning away a lot of the good opportunities. Again, Jesse Pugliarvi just continues to impress on that top line. He is creating chances, joining the rush. His passing is, you know, getting there. His hands are getting there. Like, you can just tell he's really starting to play confident. And I got to say, this is probably the first time Oilers fans and Oilers management have seen a, maybe not a 100% confident, but a a real confident version of Jesse Pugliarvi, and that's really exciting to see. And of course, just like it always goes, you know, when you're dominating the opposition and outchancing them, of course, they are going to go and get the first goal. Unfortunately, it doesn't come off of a Ottawa Senators stick. Evgeny Dadanov is in on a partial break. Larson does a really good job to get back and back check. And just as he goes to like lift the stick and bat the puck away, he bats it right over top of Smith and gives the Senators a one nothing look. And man, Larson, it seems like he always... There's a few goals that just go in off of him, some unlucky goals every season, and he just has one of the most humorous, grumpy faces I've ever seen. Like He just looks disgusted with himself and the play and just the entire situation he's got himself in. If Steve Dangle is here, like that is 100% a dang it, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it on you know this week's editions of, of Steve Dang it there on uh, Sportsnet, which is a, a great YouTube, but uh, not sponsored or anything like that. But good content, nevertheless. And then all it takes is uh, our friend from the very, very, very on fire at the moment, Leon Dreisaitl. He scores to push his point streak to 10 games in this game here with that goal to tie the game up at one. And then it was back and forth. Like I said, the Senators um, have seen the Oilers a lot. They've obviously pre prepared a little bit more. They're checking us harder. These are tighter games. Smith, I think, played a really, really good game considering this is his first one back. It Definitely, this game gave a sigh of relief to Oilers Nation to have at least a slightly steadier backup option and net for Koskinen as well. And it just feels nice to have a little bit more stability to stand on there. Then 
and the Troy Grossnick, Stewart Skinner carousel of worry that the Oilers were having there. So I thought he played really, really solid. And then early in the third period, the newly added to the lineup, Tyler Ennis scores an absolute beauty with a little curl and drag, toe drag to the inside till he shoots it five hole again on Murray the second time they've gone five hole in this game. And then McDavid assists on the empty netter to Josh Archibald to continue his point streak to 10 games as well. And you just see here, you've got a goal from Ennis and then a goal from Archibald. And the Archibald goal is an empty netter, but you love to see people outside of McDavid and Drysaddle scoring. Drysaddle scored to tie the game up in one, and then Ennis gets the game-winning goal. And I'm telling you, Ennis is going to be a lot more of a staple in this lineup. Um, once he gets going, I think he's got a lot of chances. He He's fast. He forechecks really strong. He's got really good hands that he showcased here on that play. And I really, really hope to see more of him in the lineup. And this injury to Cassian could definitely open it up for him. Oilers did go 0 for 4 on the power play, but they managed to kill off both of the other Senators' power plays as well so they go even on the special teams you would have liked to see maybe the power play get a couple considering how good it was last year but I'm not going to be one of those people who is really harping on the power play I'm pretty sure it's still I think 10th or 11th right now in the league so I'm not going to super harp on it as long as we're still putting goals in in timely fashions on the power play and when we need it and it's a deadly weapon and while McDavid and Drysaddle all are always on that power play it will always be a deadly weapon so I'm not really going to get too concerned about not scoring on the power play in this game that improves our record to a even 7-7, seven and seven, bringing us back to 500 after we dip down below it again after the loss to the Flames. And then we get to turn right back around and play the Ottawa Senators again on the next night. This is the fourth time in two weeks playing them, uh, the fourth time we will play them on the season. And then I believe that leaves only five games, five more games versus the Senators, maybe four more games versus the Senators. So we're running out of points here we can take from the Senators series. But it's also good to see that the Senators also beat the Montreal Canadiens last week as well. So as long as we are taking all of the points we can from the Senators and they're taking some points from the other teams that we're trying to gain on, then it's a win-win situation for really both both people, in my opinion. I'm sure the Senators fans hate losing to the Oilers this many times. But we move on to the next game. Um, this one has a couple lineup changes here. Obviously, Cassian getting injured in this one. We see Koskinen start in net over Smith, you know, getting Koskinen right back in. Devin Shore draws back in. Chris Russell comes out for Slater Cuckoo, who goes in. And then Alex Chason goes in for the aforementioned Cassian, who was hurt. The game starts out with a bit of a heart attack, uh, just 26 seconds into the game. First shot on net, it is tipped in front by Connor Brown and past Koskinen to give the Senators their second lead of the Oilers series. So you definitely notice that they were, again, like I said, a lot tighter checking. You also saw, I think there was a little bit of fatigue in this one having to turn around and play in the back-to-back. -back. But luckily, Darnell Nurse gets to pound a slap shot past Hoberg. Um, this was a really soft goal to give up and I hope the Oilers don't get used to this many soft goals going in because like I said they played the Senators a lot right now so they got to expect a lot harder competition and a lot better goaltending from some of the other teams they're playing here but we will take it nonetheless and Darnell Nurse is you know quietly starting out to have a bit of an offensive season he's gotten some lucky goals or maybe some soft goals but he's at five goals now on the season so it's awesome to see him go in there for Darnell then in that same period we get another goal from a defenseman 
Evan Bouchard scores with a little flick of the wrist through a screen. It's actually Kara's second assist of the night. He got an assist on Darnell Nurse's first goal with a, a really, really nice backhand pass actually to Archibald before Darnell Nurse bangs it home. And then he wins the faceoff back to Bouchard and Bouchard just a little walk to the right and then a little roll of the wrists and the puck is on net and in the back of the net. He scores his first of the season and second in his NHL career. And Bouchard's been in three games, or I think four games in a row. And he's looked, I'd say so far, pretty good so far. He has no hesitation to shoot the puck at all. His one-timers are scary. I haven't seen one yet where if it hits the shot blocker, the shot blocker hasn't been hobbled for at least that whole shift before he gets back to the bench. It is a cannon. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him so far. And he's just got a lot of poise for sure. And it's been really, really awesome to see. And I just don't see how you are taking him out of the lineup right now unless you're trying to maybe give him some rest because he is playing really good. Then a little bit later in the second period, Barry drives into the zone. He makes a nice little cut move into the middle and then fires a shot. And it was a good move from Barry, but this is another one where you just look and you're like, where was Hoberg? Like he was so off of his net, so off of his line. You saw it against the dry sidle goal in, uh, I think the 8-5 win or the 5-1 win against them. It was, you know, he just, he loses his net sometimes and he, I guess he's a, a newer goalie to the league. It just That's tough ones, and I really, really hope the Oilers don't get used to goals like that going in because they're going to have to work a little bit harder to get goals. But with that goal, all of a sudden, the Oilers are now tied for first in the NHL with goals from their defense with 11, and they are tied with fellow North Division inhabitant of the Montreal Canadiens. The Ottawa Senators, however, while the Oilers would score two goals in the second period um, they would press more and have a lot more opportunities to score and Koskinen held his ground I would say they weren't getting a ton of grade a chances they were getting a lot of chances from the outside but they outshot the Oilers 14 to 3 in the second period Dadanov would score on the breakaway in the third period to make it a one goal lead for the Oilers but they were able to hold the fort Miko Koskinen had 40 saves again I mean that's that's a big save number but I don't think a majority of those were high danger chances a lot of those were just them throwing anything or anything they could at the net to try and get it to go in not a ton of penalties in this one only two against the Oilers and one against the Senators and they go even for even on those ones no goals are scored and the Oilers then improved to above 500 like I said for the first time since the season began at a record of eight and seven uh, again large thanks to the Ottawa Senators but we'll take all the points we can get and as long as the Ottawa Senators are beating other teams I am pleased with it so the Oilers will come away from these two games with Ottawa with all four points in hand and they're gonna take them and run and run right into the Montreal Canadiens on this coming Thursday when this episode comes out so I guess by the time you're listening to this the Oilers should be playing them either on the night of your listening to this or will have already played the Montreal Canadiens at the time I am recording this are eight two and two they are second in the division and playing quite well so far they have beat the Oilers in their previous two meetings outscoring them in a combined score of eight to two 
like I said, the Oilers really shouldn't get used to or get too comfortable to the level of play versus the Sens. I think, you know, they've got to expect a tougher competition, and especially in net, either with Carey Price or Jake Allen, I think is a better goaltending option. The, the Ottawa Senators also just don't play as strong defense or as team defense as the Montreal Canadiens do. So this is going to be a measuring stick game. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are the next team right above the Oilers. So this is one where you've got to build points to start to try and catch up and also build separation from the teams below us so this is a big measuring stick game and I'm interested to see what uh what we're going to come out with so with Cassian not going to be obviously in the lineup probably for this one um, I'm expecting we'll see Tyler Ennis probably stay in there I'm expecting James Neal will probably go back in because he didn't play in the 3-2 win over Ottawa either so I'm expecting James Neal to go back in um, from a goaltending perspective I actually suspect that Tippett will probably go right back to Smith. Smith played a solid game versus the Senators in the first one. I thought it was a good outing for his first one. He looked smooth. It was really awesome to see uh, his puck transitioning skills and it just helps a lot. And so I think against a really hard forechecking team like the Montreal Canadiens that that could be a really huge boon to our relatively young defense. Um, I also want to quickly touch on William Lagesson has looked really good. He's looked steady. He's started to build a bit of a bond with the Swedish connection between him and Larson. And with Larson being a bona fide NHL defenseman, whether you like him or hate him, like he is an NHL defenseman, Lagesson has started to build it and they've been a very quiet defensive pair. I don't really see them make a lot of mistakes other than when Larson put it into the net himself. They just play a quiet game, the puck's up and out, and Lagesson has a little bit of foot speed and you know he's got some tenacity and grit to him. So I really like what he is and I think there's a player there that we maybe have overlooked and maybe some of the other newer, shinier prospects have overshadowed as well. For a score prediction versus Montreal, I really want to think we're going to keep this good feeling going, and I'm going to say this a million times over the course of the season. I refuse to bet against the Oilers, so I'm going to say the Oilers are, come, are going to come away with this one with a 4-2 win. I just think that with Mike Smith in there, he's going to calm things down a little bit. We should see a strong defense. I hope Russell doesn't get back in. I loved what I saw from Slater Cuckoo. I don't understand why Russell even gets into games anymore. That, that's a whole nother conversation. And I'm expecting a really good outing versus Montreal. So now I'm going to take a quick break. And speaking of Montreal, I'm going to hand it over to a quick little segment from the boys over at the Habs nightly. And I hope you guys enjoy. And I will be right back. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me. Because I, I do not want to live in a world, <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for Katie. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to go to Italy. If you ask... open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD, they will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, 
we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. And we are back. Alrighty, so we are now going to move on to our NHL news segment. And we actually finally have a bit of a busy docket here from around the league. We have some news. Keeping up with the Pittsburgh GM story, we talked a couple episodes ago that the Pittsburgh Penguins GM, Jim Rutherford, had stepped down for personal reasons from the GM role, and they were then in the search for a GM. Well, it looks like they have found their GM, and they have pulled him from their former rivals. The former GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, Ron Hextall, has been named the new GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is an interesting move by them. Um, I actually like that move a decent amount. Uh, I thought Ron Hextall did a fairly good job in Philadelphia when he was there. I listened to the 31 Thoughts podcast this week. Uh, I will bring them up a lot on the show. And they interviewed one of their fellow colleagues and actually also along with the news of Ron Hextall, Brian Burke was named to the president of hockey operations. So he will be leaving Sportsnet and his, you know, analyst color commentator role there with Sportsnet to get back into the actual world of the NHL to be the president of hockey ops along with the GM Ron Hextall. Hextall, I think, did a fairly good job in Philadelphia when he was there. I mean, he was the one that drafted Provorov. He got Konechny. He's the one that also drafted Carter Hart. And in the 31 Thoughts podcast, where I was going with that original thought was that his biggest mistake was not calling up Carter Hart when he should have because he wasn't sure Carter Hart was ready. And I don't really blame him for that. Goalies are crazy. I mean, the safe bet is always to wait with goalies. Carter Hart was very young and has surprised a lot of people with how steady and ready he seemed to be for that role. And I think if he'd called him up earlier, he probably would still be the GM in Philadelphia. So now he gets to go in and it sounds like Brian Burke has also given him the potential green light to, if there is the right deal, move one of or both or potentially three of Malkin, Latang, or even Crosby. Um, so it should be interesting to see where they go out. And they said they're going to play out the rest of the season and then go from there. So I'm interested to see where that goes. And we will keep up with that story. Moving along to the Columbus Blue Jackets again, it seems like Tortorella seems to always has problems with his players. However, I'm not really going to blame Tortorella for this one. Patrick Lyonne has been playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets now for a few games since being in that trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois earlier in the season. Um, he scored a couple of absolute bangers for him so far. I'd say he his play has been so-so so far. I think he's still adjusting and that, you know, there's a big 
big jump in in play and all that sort of stuff and moving from across the border and now COVID protocol and all that stuff. So I don't really blame him. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get his feet underneath him. I guess he there was an altercation between Line and one of the assistant coaches. He he mouthed off to him or said something to him, whatever. He was ended up benched for the third period in one of their recent games. And it was obviously noticed and then reported on. And then it seemed like, again, people blew it out of proportions. You know, people, some people were like, oh, there goes Tortorella again, just driving his star players out of town or making them angry. Or here's Patrick Laine, who, you know, doesn't work hard enough. Or, you know, there's will to play issues. He just doesn't want to play or he has a bad attitude. And John Tortorella came out and was heated. And uh, so now I'm going to play the clip for you guys. And then I just want you guys to listen to it. And then I'll tell you guys what I think about it. We're by it. Yeah, we're by it. And we're getting ready to play Chicago. Yeah, we're, we're done with it. We are by it. And we're getting ready. To, I'm not speaking on the subject anymore. And don't so, ask any of the players either because we've just moved by it. Everything's fine, guys. Everything's fine. All right, thanks. Everything's fine. Thanks for asking, though. And, it was uh, nipped in the bud. Yeah, it, 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 you, you have a situation, you take care of the situation. Sure. We, op- we openly took care of it and then we moved by it. I, I, I know it takes on a life of its own uh, after, which, which I totally get as far as the coverage of it and all that. Um, I, I will say one last thing. I told him, I, you know, I, I wouldn't talk about this, but I need to say one last thing on it, which I think is totally unfair to Patty is some of the uh, situation where people are writing, you know, uh, he didn't work hard enough uh, uh, and, and the intensity or bad mistakes. As I told you guys uh, after the game, it had nothing to do with him being on the ice. And so I, it, I'm, that, that's what bothers me the most about it as we move by it right away. I don't think Patty should be putting that, that, that shade of light that he was lazy or he didn't work hard enough because that's not what this kid's about. Uh, we know he's a great competitor and uh, he's a really good player and he's going to be a big part of our team here. That's the thing that bothers me the most about the aftermath of this. Uh, everybody tends to make things up when they really don't know what the hell's going on. So. so now there is John Tortorella being a really good coach. He is one, controlling the narrative, he's getting out in front of it, and he is, you know, going to bat for his player. He is bringing up the fact that it has nothing to do with Patrick Laine's play on the ice. There was a thing, they'd also moved past it, they, they, he wanted to let everyone know that this wasn't an issue, he doesn't want to talk about this again, It doesn't want he doesn't want this to be a reoccurring theme that's brought up or asked about. So he's, he's shutting it down, he's nipping it in the bud, and I just really like this move from Tortorella. It shows that he cares about his players, and he is also on Patrick Laine's side. Like, yeah, he was benched, and if I'm Patrick Laine, Okay, you're benched in the third period, but then you see that your coach has moved on from it. He's not holding it against you, and he is ready for you to join the club and take on a bigger role. Like, I just think it's a really good way to win over a player, and so I really, really hats off to John Tortorella for that move, and I just think that for John Tortorella, he actually handles the media and handles that whole interview relatively calm in John Tortorella standards. And now the last piece of NHL news I have from this week is 
is that Miku Koivu has finally decided to retire. He played a billion years, it felt like, for the Minnesota Wild. Then he signed in this offseason with the Columbus Bulu Jackets. I think he only played one or two games and has now since retired. Uh, hats off to him. Like I said, he has been playing forever. I could not tell you when he started because it has felt like he has been in the league forever. So he had a long, long career, and I'm sure he's going to enjoy his time off now and enjoy seeing his family and all that good stuff. So hats off to Miko Koivu. So that is going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Kyle should return for next episode when we get to talk about the Habs game and, you know, I'm sure all the other madness that has happened between episodes like there always is. So thank you very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Twitter. That is going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter, as well as follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter to keep up with all the cool contests, other contents, and giveaways that we do. That's going to be at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. And be sure to like, subscribe, share on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, wherever you guys listen to this podcast. It would help out a great deal. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Let's go Oilers! Oilers!